People are my passion, and this podcast is about just that. Life, love, careers, relationships, the ups, the downs, the funny, and sometimes not so funny things that happen along the way. I think that everyone has a story to tell, and I want to hear it. So join me weekly as I sit down with everyday people from all walks of life to find out what makes them tick. You are listening to Bright Minds with Ashmon. Hannah. Hi. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) Hello. Um, This is like a super special episode to me because you are the very first guest doing this with two microphones. It's exciting. You sent me the picture and I was like, okay. This is like an honor. I'm so famous. I have to really – I said this for a quick little story on my Instagram, but give Stephen Bright a shout out because it was not easy. You would think – it should be easy. Like the first one, I just plugged it into the I plugged into the computer and I was up and running and it worked and everything was awesome. So then I bought a second microphone and I plugged it into the other side of the computer and it did not work. And in fact, it took the first microphone away. Oh no. So this red thing here, I already forget what it's called. Shoot. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He bought it all. He like set it all up and figured this whole thing out. And now here we are. I feel like messing with audio is like you really you need a PhD to do that. Like it's it's challenging. Right. I, and I don't think I was ever going to do it. So no. thank you, W.S. Yay. Bright. What I, a good bro, I appreciate you know? it. Gosh. And also, um, every other guest, you know, we had to be like cozy and crammed up in each other's faces. I might actually miss that a little bit. Do you feel far away? No. I feel, I mean, I'm good. <laughs> um, like this is an appropriate distance? closeness. Yeah. I'm not big on people like way up in my bubble. Oh, good to know now. Yeah. Good thing you have two mics. Goodness gracious. <laughs> here, I can already hear your sister. Yeah, my sister's here. <laughs> she's she's not – she doesn't have a third mic, so. Okay, so before we get into this episode, we had a moment last week. We did. We did. So we were texting. I think you asked me where I got my sequin pants from. Yes, because I wanted a pair to wear out for Christmas. Yes, and so then you were like – Hey, do you follow like any um, bloggers or influencers? Yeah. And I was like, and then I think you said, like, I was like, do you follow Styling by Island? <laughs> I was like, oh, I do. And at that exact moment, I was wearing those white yes. Nike sneaks, all the things. And I knew exactly which ones you were talking about. I loved it so much. We had such a moment. Yes. She is so good. I love her. So I started following her because of her travel outfits, because I know we also bonded over this. Like, we have the same theory that airport. Attire. Airport chic. Tell me more. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is a commitment. It is a total look, especially if you're going somewhere cool. Like not just like if I'm taking a little commuter flight to, you know, right. you're trying to save your flying to Wilmington on the little. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I probably wouldn't invest a lot, but like when I took my daughter to Paris last um, fall, oh, that's where I found her because I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to arrive in Paris looking Parisian. Of chic. all places, arriving in Paris is such a moment. It is such a moment. Do you think anybody gave a shit what I looked like <laughs> when I got there? No. But you know what? I'm going to keep thinking that they do. And if somebody did, somebody was like, oh my God, I love her outfit. Look at her. Yes. Let's and just it, go with that. It was so cute. And it was, it was, I had the perfect combination of like comfortable, but cute and not looking frumpy. And girl, you've got her body type. Like you've got those long legs. Like sometimes she's like, I'm five, seven and wearing this. And I'm like, whoa, shit. I am five, three. And like, but it works for me. A lot of the things. Yeah. She's so great. She's so good. And I love all the neutrals and like the just classic And then looks. she'll have like a 
like Walmart top on with a YSL bag. And yes. that is me in a nutshell. Yes. Like a little. Um, like I invest where it's important. Exactly. And where I can get away with something cheap. I totally do that. I think I texted Brittany after that. I was like, I know I always tell you I love your sister, but I love your sister. We'll become <laughs> friends. <laughs> yes, I love it. Okay. So a couple firsts today. First being this two microphone situation. The second being, you are my very first out-of-town guest. <gasps> you might be from here, but you are from out of town. Yeah, I traveled just for you. I feel so special. Yeah, eight That's hours. Yeah. <laughs> All the way from Knoxville, <laughs> Tennessee, y'all. Um, I'm also going to do this episode a little bit differently. Not a ton, but a little bit. So I normally like kind of backtrack a little bit about high school, a little bit about college to get to like how I know the person today. But when I'm listening back to those episodes – that part always seems a little slow to me, but okay. then I really enjoy it once we get into the substance. So I'm going to try something different and just kind of go for it sure. and um, not give you your whole background, but we're going to talk about different okay. things from your past anyways. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Um, all right. I introduced, well, I didn't really introduce you guys. This is Hannah. Hannah, um, do it again. Meneer. Meneer. Like Meneer's <laughs> disease is what she just said. Do you know that I have you in my phone is Hannah Niddle? Oh, oh okay. Well, nope. That's different. That would be a full-on sister-wife situation that we're just not. Mm -mm. So, the, you know when you meet someone and you – I didn't know your last name and you always put them in there as like a way to remember yeah. them. So, she is – okay, Hannah is my next-door neighbor and one of my very best buds' sisters and who is Brittany Niddle. And so, when I met her sister – Clearly, I knew you weren't a niddle, but that's the only way I was going to remember yeah. you. So you're on my phone. That's like everybody <laughs> that is friends with my kid, like their mom just becomes yes. like Ashley, Lucy's mom, you know? Totally. <laughs> like, yes. And I don't ever know, like, I'm not going to change that yeah. now. Mm -hmm. um, Christy down the street, she's still in there as Christy PTA and Burn because I didn't know her last name. Right. That's all I know her. And now, go figure. I'm yeah. her neighbor and it's all. It's I feel like once you commit to that in a phone, like it's, you can't really undo it. Yeah, it's and then I like it. It's like that fun yeah. memory of how I first met them. Right? Yeah. So Hannah Niddle, it shall be. Perfect. All right, cool. <laughs> Forever. Um, okay. I don't really remember when I first met you. Um, I have a couple little interesting memories, but I do remember just liking you. Like you had this energy and this confidence about you. And I instantly was like, I like your sister. I feel like it was like probably like a July 4th thing down at your clubhouse. So I remember thinking that I was like, this girl has energy. Like, yes, right. I feel like I can yeah. use her connection sometimes. Okay. You did one of the times of like beginning times I met you, you came over into my backyard and I think we we're going to let the dog oh, play. Like yeah. I feel like I just got Maverick or something. Yeah. I guess it's irrelevant. And you, I will remember you had on like these awesome short jean shorts and this <laughs> little white crop top and heels. And you just looked like a bombshell. Like you looked like a smoke show. But I was like, where are you going? You're like, never. What do you mean? Like you were just <laughs> being you, doing you. And I loved it. I was like, go ahead with yourself. And also all of you guys have killer legs and I'm very jealous of that. What yeah. That? Well, that's, I mean, I, that's just genetics. Yes. You. Bernie's are Bernie, better than mine. Lucy. Little Lucy. Yeah. On. I mean. My kid didn't get that. Sorry, Molly. Yeah. Oh, no. She's, she's got like, she got thick legs. She's a little muscular. She's going to have, yeah. Very but different. I loved it, you know? Okay. So. Yeah. I that. think my dog wanted, he, my dog's kind of a jerk, like with Brittany's dog, they don't get along. So I think we brought him over here to play to with, play with nice your dog. dog. Yeah. I've got one nice one. one right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. It's okay. <laughs> all right. So this first time I can tell I'm like, you come over just looking all hot and great. And I was like, she's got all this confidence in the world. And that was the first topic I wanted to talk about because I think, um, 
confidence is so interesting to me, interesting to me and self-esteem. Like, do you think it's something that you're born with? Do you think it's something we learn? Is it something our parents had to do with? Like, what do we think about this? Oh gosh, man, you're just going right at it. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things. And that's been a word that I feel like has been assigned to me like my whole life. Really? Yeah. And I think it has more to do with because I would not like looking back, especially at my like younger self, I would not, if I were watching a movie of me, I would not say I was confident. Okay. I think that that gets confused with like, I'm good at talking to people. I put myself in positions of leadership. Like I got shit done, you know, like I was goal oriented. I was a leader, but confidence, I feel like as an adult looks totally different for me now, which, you know, we can get into why that is the way it is. But I feel like now it's more like I am not really willing to let a lot of people mess with my peace. <laughs> and like that to me is more, I feel like, I don't know, to me, like to be truly confident, it's much more quiet versus like what we think of confidence is like, it's very loud and out there. Um, like showy right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, but I do think – I think it's one of those things we believe that we're confident because we told, we're told that we are, you so know? Your parents maybe had – or like people – Just people general. in general. Yeah. Like I think if you tell a child like, gosh, I love your confidence, they you start to begin to believe what you're told about yourself, right? I believe that to be true for so many different areas. Yeah. Right. Like if you're, you know, as a little girl, if you're told constantly like you're attractive and you're, you know, you're gorgeous or whatever, eventually that starts to get into your head and you're like, oh, I believe this about myself. Well, or first, like labeling a kid shy. Right. Or right. Maybe then they're going to think they're shy forever. Right. That so defines you. Not to do that yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, but the danger I feel like for me and that was, I always kind of believed that that's how I was, but really I, I think I was pretty insecure in my like teens and twenties. And I think that I was, like I said, I was really, really good at, you know, conquering things. And if I, if I saw something I wanted to do, I just did it. If I wanted to be a leader in something, I just did it. Um, right. Do you maybe have to have a certain amount of confidence to even go for those? Um, I maybe. I don't know. Confidence, arrogance. Like, <laughs> like I was just kind of like, I've always been the person that like, I'll see somebody else do something and I'm going, I could do that. I and then I just do it. Too, right? Which I think there's nothing wrong with that. I'm extremely competitive. Oh yeah. I'm super yeah. competitive. Yeah. I think there's something, there's a lot of pros to that. Yeah. <laughs> so I always say this, I don't want to come off wrong, but I, um, Okay, so I feel like I have this unwarranted like high self-esteem or high confidence. Like I know I'm not like the prettiest girl in the room or the smartest or the most athletic. Insert whatever word you want to there, but I just I've always liked myself. Yeah. Like does that sound bad? But no, <laughs> that's true. a good thing. You yeah, know, it is a good thing. But then on the flip side, I have friends who I think are the prettiest one in the room, mm -hmm. the, the most intelligent, the funniest, and they don't see it in themselves. And, yeah. And they don't have that confidence. I just like why. You know, is it, again, I'm back to this, is it we're just born the way we are? I Yeah. And I think you just, I don't know, it just comes with time, I think, in a lot of instances, you know, where at some point, you know, to me, what I've experienced, the confidence side of things is like, you know, I'm content with just me. I don't need uh, all this other crap around me, you know, to be happy. Yeah. I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with like truly being happy. I don't, totally you know. I don't need all these outside influences to just be content. I Listen, at this point in my life, there is nothing more I love than like being at home 
in really ugly clothes, like in a full on robe, watching really trashy TV. Like that makes me really happy. And I love going to bed at eight. You know, (laughs) this is my joy right now. Just being boring as fuck, like, you know, but I feel good about that versus I think, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, I would have been so insecure about, oh my gosh, I need to go do something. I need to be around people. You know, I don't, like a FOMO. Right, like right. Or like, I, you know, this isn't, this isn't okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think what you said about truly being happy, I've always found that too. Like I never feel like I'm always happy for people when they're doing other things. Like I never feel like I'm missing out because I'm so happy with who I am or what I'm doing, or I'm just as content being with Steven that I don't feel right. like I'm missing, you know, like this, what I'm doing is exactly what I want to be doing at that yeah. point. But again, I think somehow those things are all connected. Yeah. And confident and just like myself and like what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think like you get to a place too, where you're okay saying, eh, I don't really want to go do that, yeah. you know, and that's, that's fine. And if you want to be mad at me about uh, that, that <laughs> I'm still a goer and a doer and I do like to do well. Well, that's, but it, as long as it's bringing you joy, that's the difference. I mean, I think there's some people that like, if it's bringing you joy, then go do it, go do the fun things, load your schedule up, whatever. Yes. But if you get to a place where, you know, you're just, exhausted and going and doing isn't making you happy learning to say no yeah yeah no and like I think I am very guilty of I would do 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 and then be like I am so tired (laughs) yeah this whole thing when I'm we're both raising daughters yeah son too for me but I think of course there's a lot of things I want for my kids but having like self-esteem and being confident is really high on that list for me yeah so I'm always thinking about how I can achieve that. Like, how can I make them confident in who they are and liking who they are? Yeah. You know, I don't have an answer for that. I know. I guess like, (laughs) is how, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, it's part of, it's like finding the things that you enjoy and that you feel good at. Sometimes I think in raising kids, especially we're quick as parents to be like, you are good at that. And that's great. Like you might be really talented, you know, playing the piano or something, but if, if you don't like playing the piano, what worth is it there? You know? Totally agree. Yes. And I think that's going to set them up for success later too. Like finding what they want to do, what they're passionate about. Yeah. Good at. Okay. So I don't want to make like a ton of generalizations because I don't know you that well. I do feel like I know Brittany pretty well. Um, I know you guys are really close. Like your sisters. I think yeah. you guys are best friends. You have a great relationship, but you are different. Oh you know? yeah. We're very different. <laughs> Were you guys always different girls? Yes. Yes. Very different. And I always think there's something about this, the older sister versus the younger sister and her kind of like paving the way. Yeah. Trying, you don't want to follow in her footsteps, but you are. She set me up pretty well. I mean, Brittany was a good kid. So like I never had to like undo anything, especially with our parents. Like they were very trusting of me because she didn't screw up. Right. Um, I would say between the two of us, I tend to carry more of like, I think a lot of people associate the first child as being the more competitive driven one that probably follows more me than her. Um, I don't know if I, like, I wasn't, I don't know that I was necessarily like trying to make up for anything, but that was just, I always wanted to be the best, you know, (laughs) and Brittany was more like, I'm good. (laughs) So, um, well, so we're four years apart. So when I was a freshman in high school, she was a freshman in college. So, We never got to experience a lot of that together. And like, you know, I was an annoying middle schooler when she was 
her junior in school. Yeah. Like she didn't want to put up with me. Um, I was a huge pain in the ass, I would say, most of the time. Like I probably the thing we we would argue the most about was clothes, because we've always been pretty close in size. Um, and you know, I think Brittany had a rule that if the the tag was still on it, that I couldn't wear it. That seems like a reasonable rule. It's reasonable, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you follow that rule? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we were good about that. Um, we didn't ever really like intentionally try to piss each other off. We just weren't like ever – we were far enough apart in age that our friendship paths were never really going to cross. And they really didn't until – Probably I was in college. I was just going to say, what do you think that relationship turned a corner? Where you're like, um, oh my God. Probably best. around the time that I looked enough like her to be able to get her ID. <laughs> oh, so. You do look alike. And when I called you last night, your voice, for a second, I thought I called Brittany. Like, your voice is yeah. similar. We've always yes. sounded yes. very similar. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of high school, I don't know why this is interesting to me. You know, I adore your parents. Like, yeah. Your dad's just so easy to talk to. Yeah. Great guy. Wait, I always mix these words up. He was a child therapist, psychologist. Psychologist. He was a developmental child psychologist. How was that growing up as a kid? Like, do you feel like <laughs> that like shaped you? Or I don't know. Were you like, did, um, did his beliefs or his knowledge somehow like pour their way into Oh, life? sure. And don't leave out that our mom was a social worker. So, oh, yeah. So, so, like, our dinner table conversations were not – they were normal for us, but not normal for most families. Oh, I love this. Tell me. Well, I mean, like, for one, a lot of their, like, clientele crossed. So, like, mom would have, you know, a kid that she was supporting. And dad would be like, oh, yeah, I know that family. <laughs> like, I, you know, that was kind of weird. But also there was a lot of discussion about feelings. And I think our dad, more so than most probably male figures growing up in the late 80s, was very in touch with feelings. And he really knew how to raise daughters, I think, better than most men. Um so, and he still is like that. Of the two, it's very much role reversal. Dad is the soft feelings, let's talk about everything. Mom is much more closed off in a lot of ways. She'd probably be pissed if she heard me say that. I don't think so, because I think she's nerd. But I can, even just from knowing them, the little man I do, yeah. I, can, I can see what you're talking about. Yeah. So they're very different in that respect. Um, You know, and I was much, Brittany was probably more consistent in her emotions growing up. I'm more like my own child. I was all over the place. And I think dad dealt with me well for the most part, except for he and I, when he would coach me, we were very similar. We would butt heads well, big time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I feel like you would bring a friend home and he'd be like overanalyzing. No, I never really felt that. I do I do remember being like three or four years old and when they would get new like testing kits in that they would need to use like yeah. to test kids that were coming to their, their office. They would do it on us like on a Saturday morning and I thought that was fun. And I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> like, You're like, I'm going to ace this. Yes. Yeah, like it's – that was our like normal – that. And Life. I, I think that Brittany's like super in tune with people or just very like perceptive. And, and I always wonder if that's part of just having the dad that would made you like in touch and in tune with all these yeah. things, you know? I think there was always a huge effort made to like understand why we were thinking and feeling about things the way that we were. Which I love. Because I think yeah. that is not something people were doing in the 90s. Or the right. 90s. No, I think I'm we – Yes. Now, you know? We are like level of cognition and, you know, metacognition was much greater than I think most of our peers. And again, what's weird is to me, I thought everybody's household was like that. 
<laughs> and then I think when I got into college and I, you know, made friends from outside of my little bubble and started dating, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. okay. You grew up different. <laughs> Ron, leaving those dinner tables. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Okay, so I don't have that many smooth transitions, but so many things I want to talk about. So we're going to shift gears again. Yeah, do it. Um, I don't know why I want to know this, like talk about it, but I do because you're basically a local celebrity. I mean, guys, <laughs> I'm in my kitchen interviewing Wilmington's very own Azalea. Oh, gosh. Per Google circa 2005, but Brittany thinks that's not accurate. No, it's 2002. Do you know the internet says 2005? I'll take it. That makes me three years younger. Okay. Yeah. It's 2002. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I want to dive into this, but for like my sweet friends and family in Pennsylvania listening to them, like let's just talk about Azalea Festival Oh, it's such a big deal. It's, such a big, it's deal. such a big deal. Yeah. And that was one of those things. Remember when I was, I told you, you know, I would see something and be like, I could do that. I think I went with Brittany to see one of her friends in it. And I was like, oh, I could do that. So I, <laughs> so I, I just did. <laughs> the thing I know of, of course, the concerts and we go to this garden party and it's lovely, but I don't even know about this princess thing. So, take so the princess, I, oh God, I hope I don't screw this up and somebody from the festival like hears <laughs> it and they're like, I, I have like 30 listeners. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, well, since I'm so famous, that's about to grow. Um, <laughs> no. So I, um, so the Azaria Festival, you know, started a long time ago what, like 40s or 50s. Um, so they have a queen and that is a celebrity guest, right? That they bring in every year. So we've had like Kelly. Hey, they're used to, uh -huh. listen, a bunch of soap opera stars. Okay. Yeah. The girl, Lisa Turtle from uh, um, Saved by the Bell Stop was queen. It. Yes. Why can't that? I don't know anybody now. I would have loved to see And, and like Nina Repita was queen She when she was on yeah. Dawson's Creek. She was um, Joey's mom on Dawson's oh, Creek. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so the, the celebrity guest is really just here for the actual festival, but the princess's role is really to promote and represent the festival throughout the entire year. So back when I did it, um, you were a senior in high school. Okay. And it's a it's a pageant, and I had never done a pageant before, but luckily there's no like like a, like a beauty pageant. Like what I'm yeah, but it's there's no talent and there's no swimsuit, so it's. <laughs> if there was talent, what would yours have been? Oh God, I guess I would have had to go with singing, but I would have like been miserable having to do this that. Yeah. Sorry yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's just evening gown. And um, so there's a, there's an interview that you don't see as an audience member, a panel interview that takes place the morning of the pageant, which is pretty standard for most pageants that, you know, and that's a huge chunk of your score. Sure. So there's panel interview. And then um, do you remember what they asked you? Um, so I, this was 2002. I feel like a lot of the questions were related to 9-11 because that had just happened. Yeah. Um, and the like impending war. Um, I think that that was a lot of it. It's heavy. Like how do you it was, it, Yeah. Like at 18, right? Yeah. Um, and then a lot of, you know, discussion about like who your, your heroes were in your own life and a lot of standard kind of pageanty questions, um, where you really what you're looking for is how does this person respond on the fly to a question? Because part of the role of the princess is doing quite a bit of media work and you need to be comfortable answering a question in front of people. So um, you have that. 
And then you do your um, your evening gown presentation. They kind of read a little bio. It's pretty cool, I'm sure, for your parents to I get to see. I can't see a picture of this. Someone's got to get me one. I'm so here's the best story, right? <laughs> so a lot of these girls, so back back, back in my day, when I did it, um, it was pretty standard to wear a white dress. Um, and it's really beautiful, honestly. And um, most of the girls, obviously, if you think about well, where do you get a white dress, it ends up being a wedding dress. And those are expensive. Right. And um, I knew old Beth was probably not going to go for some like $800 wedding gown. So that summer before, we happened to be at Dillard's. And I was like upstairs looking around and prom dresses were on clearance. And I found one for $32. No way. Bought it, wore it, and won the damn thing. So... <laughs> So I do remember the onstage interview question was, if you were principal of your school for a day, what would you change and why? And now you're segregated from the other like top 12. So you don't know what anybody else has said. Okay. Apparently, most people talked about like bringing Chick-fil-A or, you know, like really surface level things. And I came out there and I was like, well, I would uh, address the level of integration within student classes. <laughs> I went on that whole like Who route. <laughs> And yeah, so, and I won. Um, <laughs> I like that is so incredible. Who thinks of that? Do you think this is Ron now coming through? Oh, 100%. And at the same time that I was doing that pageant, I was also really deep in my interviews for North Carolina Teaching Fellows. So that was kind of like these were things I had been so actively thinking knew about. That this is like what you, you knew you wanted to be a teacher then? Um, yeah, well, yes, I, um, I enjoyed teaching. I think it was more what drove me in was that scholarship, you know, to be able to have my schooling paid for was, was big. It was probably helpful in the long run because it gave me a path. I think I probably would have gotten to UNC and been like, I don't know what I want to do. Right. Um, so Which I was like just turned 18 when I went to college. I had no clue. Yeah. So not too bad to have like little drive right there. You know? Yeah. So that was probably kind of helpful. It was, but I remember like it I actually got my teaching fellows acceptance during the middle of Azalea Festival. It was like the greatest four days of my it life. <laughs> yeah. It was really fun. I mean, the festival experience was just incredible um, to get to do all of those things and, you know, all the outfits and to ride in the motorcade. And um, Natalie Cole was the uh, musical guest yes. that year. That was really neat. And then after the actual festival, you know, so my reign continued and representing the <laughs> festival. Fast forward to months later, I was in college and my mom got a phone call that Good Morning America wanted me to come down to Charleston, South Carolina, because they were doing a, um, when they like travel to different cities and they were doing a special on like Southern Queens. And so... It's so amazing. Did you go? Of course. We all went. We The whole fam jam packed up, went to Charleston, and got up at like 5 in the morning. It was freezing cold. And we were – I had to stand next to the Chitlin Strut Queen. And she had a, ba a basket of Chitlins, and it smelled so bad. This story. So, did this like see the light of day? Were you on? Go oh, yeah. I, I got to see Diane Sawyer. Can I watch this later? I'm sure Big Ron has it 100%. I feel like I have a whole night planned out for us. Yeah. Like, I just need to take a walk down memory lane, and Ron will totally take me down. Oh, yes. He will love every minute of it. Yeah. I was so excited. Yeah. Fun story. Yeah. So, that was a really good experience. Another pageant no, I've retired a winner. Okay. Yeah.
I mean, why should I try again? Now, and that's probably one of my biggest character flaws is <laughs> I am really known for being like, oh, I could do that. And then I do it. I'm like, okay, and check. So Moving on. <laughs> this is the one we're going to talk about. Yeah. Or we could do it now or we could just keep following my flow. No, let's just talk about it. Okay, let's do okay. it. Okay. So Brittany and I have become like obsessed with these like Enneagram. Yeah. Figuring out your personality. And there's been a, a bunch throughout the years, right? Yeah. Like people labeling you yeah. doing these tests for different reasons. Andy and I even talked about it on our podcast. And he was telling me how he did this one for work and he became the relator. And I was like, oh my God, that's so me too. Yeah. But anyway, so now these Enneagrams, I'm a two, three. Two, two with three wing. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, and Brittany was telling me that you were six. Hardcore like you were six. Like going down yeah. this whole this whole journey with you when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about, and that was one of the things. How you you find these like passions, or you go all in for something, yeah, and then you don't do it again. Then I'm done. What I'm bored that? with it. I'm so, like, well, why would I keep doing something if I've already <laughs> conquered it? It's like you're going to climb a mountain and go back down, and be like, all right, let's go again. You know, <laughs> if you wouldn't have won. Maybe you would have tried another. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So what are some other things you've done, like bodybuilding? Yeah. I kind of want to know about that. That sucked. Okay. Do not recommend. Um, I, that do, do you think that would be my future? Like, <laughs> hard pass. Um, yoga? Yeah, I still love yoga. Okay. Yeah, would totally, like Did that's. certified? No, um, would though. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, totally would. What did the bodybuilding journey look like? Back to so that. that was after I'd had Molly and, you know, like it was she was probably two or three years old. And I was like, I should probably do something like get in shape. I had that like flat mom ass thing happen. Yeah. That happens to everybody where you're like, I used to have this cute little butt. And then all it was, it was go? nine months of growing a person. And where did it go? <laughs> so, um, I was like, okay, I should probably start lifting weights. Cause I hate running. Yeah. Same, same. Um, and I needed like a goal that is very motivating to me to have like something to an end point, if you will. Yeah. So, um, again, saw this other girl, um, local girl, I won't name her, but I was like, she could do it. Good Lord. I definitely could. <laughs> so, so I was like, it. I'll just sign up for a competition. Like, did you have like the oily body? and like? Oh, it's so and gross. Like yeah. It's like, it, the, there's the whole like, diet listen, side of it. If I just lifting weights. I still could not like that. Oh, and I really didn't. Like I don't have the genetic makeup That's to really be a bodybuilder. Right. right. So it was a little bit of a letdown for me in terms of like, I worked so hard and sacrificed and my body just doesn't want to cooperate. Like, your diet, I feel like has to be a big part of that. And that sounds yes. Really and it, it's a, you know, it's a bulk and a cut and a bulk and a cut. And the bulk part is honestly harder for me than a cut. what you just said. So a bulk is where you are, you know, you basically have kind of like a set point in your body for like homeostasis where you just maintain weight, right? And okay. that's really following kind of like what you're listening to your hunger cues, right? Your bulk is when you are going over that set point. So you're going to gain weight when your caloric you intake is greater. You had to keep just eating. Well, but it was very well prescribed and it was when you, we could get into like a whole different podcast on <laughs> macro and micronutrients and all that kind of stuff. My mind. Um, yeah. So when you're bulking, you're, you know, you're focusing on that. You're wanting to grow because you can only gain muscle when you're in a caloric sur surplus. Okay. You can only lose weight when you're in a caloric deficit. So the cut comes when you enter into a deficit. And um, the bulk part was honestly harder for me because I'm not a like huge eater. Never like, I, 
I enjoy food, food yeah. but I don't like the feeling of like being super full. And so when I'm having to eat, you know, like six ounces of turkey and yeah. a cup of rice, like that's a lot of volume for me. And I didn't love that. So then it just makes me mad. Um, the cut part isn't super hard because it's a lot of vegetables and, you know, lower caloric foods. So it's that wasn't like awful. A lot of planning it's a lot it's of a lot planning. of planning. Yes. Also, fun fact: um, that's actually my least favorite feeling too. Is that when you're like so full, like miserably out, full? It's yeah. just the worst. Yeah. I really do try to avoid that. Yeah. I so it. I don't like it. Um. So there was that. Um. And the other side of it is like the posing and presentation <laughs> side of things, which is honestly I really hilarious. Like sure so bad right now. Oh my god! And it is like. I mean, you're essentially like on a stage with the darkest spray tan you've ever seen in your entire life. And like you can't, sounds? huh? Like smoky Yes, but also you can't bathe oh. with it on okay. because it, it will ruin it. Um, you can't even, you have to be really careful peeing <laughs> because, so yeah, because you, you know, streams typically not straight. So you have to like take a styrofoam cup and put a hole in it. And create that because you will get streaky. Wait, like everyone in a body everyone is doing. This. In a so if you look, if you go to a bodybuilding competition and you are sitting in the audience, you're like, "Gosh, these women and men are just in peak physical shape, and they're so beautiful." If you're backstage, you're like, "This smells terrible," and everybody's cranky and hungry, and it's really not oh sexy at all. This is bit like this is so funny. Yeah, it was a totally fun experience. I just would not. Yeah, there you go. That, oh my yeah. gosh! Can you please send that picture to me? <laughs> I need this in my life. Yeah. This is a, what else? Is there another example? Tell me something else you like. Just went all in on. Oh gosh, yeah, a pageant bodybuilding is all, like that's enough. But give me one more. I feel like there's a few. I don't know, Brittany. Do you have anything? That I've... community theater. Oh yeah, when I was little. Yeah. You were like in plays. Yeah. Um, started, I did. So started when I was in like first grade, I was in Winnie the Pooh. Um, <laughs> what I can't remember what I was. I was one of those like auxiliary characters where they, oh, I was the 37th rabbit relation. Okay. So kind of like in love actually, when they do the, um, like the Christmas nativity and the kids like the Christmas lobster, yeah. I was a, the equivalent of the, like, they just promised everybody a role. Sure. And that's what I got. Was this something you thought you wanted to do? Um, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then my next one, I was in a Christmas production. I guess that would have been like fall of second grade and I was a dancing snowflake. Um, <laughs> when did this stop? Do you take this down? A so then I got my big break in oh, wow. uh, spring of second grade. Um, <laughs> and I was Fern in Charlotte's web. No way. I was. Yeah. And that had solos and duets. I was like, main character energy. Yeah. I love this. So um, that was a big deal. And it was at Thalian. And it was really, really fun. And I was like, mm, okay, I'm done. So like I got a lead role. Now I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Huh. That's me. But you know what? I think that's okay. It's like, yeah. I got a goal. I checked that off my list. Yeah. I keep going and find something new. Yeah. I do like, and I've said this in a hundred now, I feel like all the time, all a hundred podcasts, this is like my seventh one, but I like um, to constantly be learning something new, trying something new. Yeah. So I'm here for it. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I have the stamina to like stick with something forever. I mean, honestly, the fact that I've been in the same career for 15 years is probably pretty that's a lot. <laughs> out of the norm for I think that's where this podcast stemmed from. Yeah. I've been doing the same job for 15 years and I started being like, 
now, now what am I going to do? Yeah. I didn't really want to leave my job. So I just needed a side. Something thing. else. <laughs> yeah. Side well, yeah. Cause it's like, I've done the baby thing. I'm not going to add any more of those. And I really did think that I'm like, I'm yeah. really like married, check that off. I had these two kids. I don't want any more of those. Like yeah. them, but we were done with that. So now what? It was like one of those moments. I like, need a new baby to take. Yeah. yeah. It's like you sometimes you kind of do just need something new to pour yourself into and yes. then you're done. But this is a newer feeling for me. It sounds like something you've been going through. Oh yeah. Forever. Yeah. But I like it. <laughs> I'm sure my family's like, and that's her new thing now. Okay. We're just, we're here for it. Along for the journey. Yeah. Okay. I do love knowing that fun part of your life and you just try new things. I can't wait to see what's next. <laughs> There's no telling. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, all right. I'm really bad at transitions. That's something I transitions. There we go. Um, something I definitely need to work on for this, but we're just going to do this thing. Okay. Um, okay. So you now live in Knoxville. I do. Actually, do how long have you been there? Um, a little over 10 years. Okay. Yeah. 11 years. Yeah. We moved there in 2000. No, 2012. Yeah, 2012. So a little over 10 years. Sorry. Okay. So, and I feel like you've made a life there. You know, from what I can see, you're like surrounded by amazing friends. Who yeah. Become, like your family. I kind of inherited a life there. Okay. So was Matt from there? No. So Matt was from um, like Charleston, West Virginia area. St. Albans is yeah. where he grew up. And um, he wanted to go to the University of Tennessee um, and he majored in logistics there so that because that was not a degree offered in his home state. Okay. So he was able to get reciprocity and get in-state tuition in Tennessee. Nice. So um, he went there and um, he had a great time at UT and met people who are a lot of those friends now that I've talked about. Anyway, one of them got him into medical device sales. And so he got into orthopedic device sales there. He wanted his own territory and ultimately was able to get one back in Charleston, West Virginia. So he moved back there. And I think he would have been really content to continue living there. But um, as it can sometimes go in med sales, like, you know, client situations change. And so he needed to leave that situation. And his mom had a friend who was a nurse at um, Cape Fear Orthopedic. And she was like, hey, they're looking for a new rep here. So he took that job. And moved here and loved it. Like, loved so the beach. He yeah. did. Yeah. So he rented this, you know, like, basement apartment in Riceville Beach. Like, I think he was 30 or 31 at the time. Like, living major bachelor <laughs> lifestyle. I remember going to his apartment the first time. And he didn't have an oven. Like, he had a microwave. And he was like, I don't need one. I just go to Vito's. I, know how to <laughs> I get pizza from Vito's every night. Um, so he was just living life. But didn't have really any connections here. And so he was. Wait, did you guys meet like at a bar? No, we met on match.com. Nice. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah. So funny story about that. The guy I had dated previously. So like, here's the thing. I, <laughs> I had had my like profile up. I had dated this guy that my sister knew and Pat swam with and. Ooh, who was? Okay. Yeah. No, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's Wilmington. Like Wilmington is this really weird, small convoluted town I've been here for 15 years and that continues to blow yeah. my mind it's it is well so even you and i like I you're know. you know married to stephen bright whose dad is the partner of the boss that hired me in my first job like Cindy and i were sending you so yes it's wild so that's kind of just wilmington in general is you're always going to have paths that cross somehow knoxville's actually a lot like that too just on a slightly larger scale um but anyway so 
I dated this guy and he was in med device sales and Matt and I just started talking over a match and I was actually in Myrtle Beach with my family and I asked him what he did for a living and he told me, I was like, oh, oh crap, shit. you know, like another one. <laughs> and I asked him if he knew this guy. He was like, yeah, we share a locker at the hospital. I was like, no. oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so um, anyway, he ended up, I came back in town. We went on our first date at Jester's Cafe and like really hit Wait, it off. Does Jester, well, is that now? Or it's, I, I mean, I think it's, it's still, still there. Okay. Down like in the, um, what is it? The, it's not Brooklyn Arts District. It's the like. But it's like downtown. Yeah. Like street. I'd never, I lived here my whole life and never been there. Okay. Um, is, yeah. Um, but then we went like two days later, we went on our first like real date. Keep in mind, I met this dude online, right? So yeah. there's always that part of you that's like, maybe he, right. Yeah. So we went to, at the time it was Roy's Riverboat Landing, super yep. fun little dinner. And then he was like, okay, I have a surprise. And I was like, and this is where I die. And um, he- yeah, A boat's aggressive. Right. Like so, well, it, he took me, we get in his car and we drove over the bridge into Brunswick County. And um, we end up like out in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, no, really, this is like when I die. Um, we were going to this tiny little airport and he had rented a plane. Yeah. And we like flew over up and down the coastline at sunset. It was amazing. Like he was really wooing you. Really wooing. Yes. <laughs> and then the next day he called me at work and I was working for the school system. And he was like, oh, do you work for Dr. Markley? And I was like, yeah, I weren't. He was like, I see in your building. I was playing golf with him. I was like, really? And he was trying to figure out what building I worked in. And he had flowers sent. And I was like, damn, oh. like this dude's on it. And he I would drive, that. he used to go to Dosher Hospital yep. and he would like always be like, I can come by and bring you coffee this morning. And I was oh. like, no, you can't see me yet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he laid it on thick. Um, so we got engaged uh, about six months after that. And then his- So you like knew. Yeah. Maybe well, I mean, it was, I, in all honesty, like he was 31, I was 27, 28. Okay, like, so don't, you, you, like you don't dick around at that yeah. point. Like either <laughs> we're going to get married and have babies and do the damn thing, or you need to go. Yeah. Right. Either we're doing this or we're not. Um, and he was, all of his friends had married, settled down, had kids. Like, like ready his light go. was yeah. on, like his, yeah. you know, he was ready to go. Um, he'd had his fun. So um, that's why I do kind of always say, like, I, I don't think girls need to consider settling down with any guy before they hit 30. I think 30 is kind of the magic number of when they've gotten a lot out of their system. I'm here for this rule. I'm going to start yeah. implementing that. In yeah. Household. Yeah. For <laughs> real. Like, girls, I think, are ready a little bit earlier. But if you're dating a guy, like, 30 is, like, bare minimum of when they're ready to not be dumbasses. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, anyway. So, he ended up um, – well, he got fired from that job is what it boiled down to. And so <laughs> we. Okay. So he got fired from that job. Yeah. So that put us in a little bit of a predicament right. <laughs> of like, okay, probably need income. Um, and salary is not going to cut Not going to cut it. <laughs> and the market here, unfortunately for like med device sales or pharma sales, like it sucks. Um, it's a very small market. Well, we got the coast on one side, so that's like unfortunate. Right, you know, right. And you don't, like, like there's no like major university hospital yeah. system. And so the volume just isn't there. And people tend to come into these jobs and never, ever leave um, in this area. Like they're lifers. So um, he still owned a house in Knoxville. And um, one of the lines that he carried years ago uh, reached out to him and wanted him to carry their like upper extremity trauma line. 
Um, and so he was able to take that position and we already had a house. Ironically enough, his, um, in the, so he never sold that house because it was like at the like crap time of the market. Did you when rent it out? And- he rented it out to his fraternity brothers. So this is where <laughs> it gets funny. So one night we're sitting around and I noticed that my sorority sister and my college roommate, her name was Amy Eggenberger, like very okay. distinct last name. I was like, oh, Amy Eggenberger is getting married and her new last name is Herman, like major upgrade. He was like, Eggenberger? I know a guy named Adam Eggenberger. Yeah. And I was like, Amy has a sis- brother named Adam and he went to UT. And that was her. So my sorority sister and roommate's little brother was Matt's fraternity brother and who li- that's who was living in that house. our house. That is wild. Isn't that wild? Is. And they were crazy. They started a brewery out of that house. I was just going to say, I feel like it was smell bad. It, <laughs> yeah. They, we had to replace all the carpet, paint and everything. And they had a pet duck, like on Friends. Yeah. <laughs> It was a mess, but I mean, in all honesty, like it could have been way worse. They were very respectful, good guys, always paid rent on time. But so we like, and there were probably two weeks in between when we needed to be there for jobs and when we could get back in the house. So we moved in with our friends, Chad and Mindy and like lived in their guest room. They've got two little kids and they're like, yeah, come on. Like my clothes are literally hanging on a clothesline in their garage. And we finally got moved into our house. And then a few months later, we got married. Um, and uh, we got married. This is also kind of funny. So we thought when we're, we get engaged and we're like, let's do a destination wedding. Yeah. And let's let's give all our family and friends a vacation. We're so nice, right? And tell them to bring their children. I'm here for this. We were assholes. Like it was in Corova, North Carolina. And where there is. You meant like you were going to Jamaica or something. No, it was in his, Matt's mom um, does not fly. So um, we knew we had to be somewhere where it was drivable and his grandparents were coming and they were older. So it's four by four access only. And it, it it's a haul to get there. Brittany has like, Lucy's what, like nine months old. I mean, and we're all in one house together and everybody, this is coming from somebody who did not have kids. So I'm like, everybody gets their own room. This is great. Put your pack and play up. That is the most awful thing to do to any well, parent. You don't know what you don't know. No. <laughs> what I appreciate is that you acknowledge it now because not everyone's good at that. Because I can still like apologize. But, like I'm like I asked my sister in laws to go on my bachelorette party to New York City when they had the four month old baby. <laughs> I'm so sorry again, Lindsay and Kelly. But like I was easy to tell. Like yeah. I say that now. I'm like I'm, you don't know what you don't know. We've talked about it to our friends. We're like God, y'all are really good people that you came <laughs> because I the amount of shit talking y'all must have done behind our backs about I can't believe they're making us do that. And we're like, we were so innocent, naive. We're like, this is so nice of us. We're paying for a vacation yeah. for their family oh, and this. friends. When really what I they, your headspace. I can well, they probably would have been much more appreciative if we would have been like, hey, we're going to an all-inclusive in Mexico yeah. and no children are allowed. That's what I thought when you said destination. No. Sick. I am here for that. No. <laughs> so anyway, so we, um, we got married and, um, and then, uh, six weeks later I was pregnant. <laughs> so oh, that was fast. Hey, yeah. you do something, you're just going to... All in, right? Yeah. You yeah. All in. <laughs> Did not think that was going to happen that quickly. But what a blessing. Yeah. yeah. But who so. knows? If you wait for the timing's right, you might never... There's learn. never a right timing no, with no, kids. That's true. So, that's yeah. True. And it worked out really well because Molly and Lucy are so close in age. And then you that. have our cousin's daughter, Kenley. It's literally, there's nine months between Molly and Kenley and nine months between Kenley and Lucy. So it's... Perfect. When they're together, it's super fun now. But... Yeah. Okay. So this is super sad. Yeah. Let's, let's, 
I don't know. You tell me if it's like too much. If you want no, to just go for it. We're good. So a little over a year ago. Yeah. Um, Cause it was November. Yeah. 17th. 7th. 7th. Yeah. Okay. So Matt passed away a little over a year ago. Um, just a horribly tragic, crazy accident. And so guys, I didn't talk to Hannah about this before. I probably should have, but, um, I wasn't know, I didn't know if we were going to talk about it, but then she got here and said she was okay sharing that story. So do you mind like, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a wild story. So, um, you know, Matt and I, there's more background to this. So we were, you know, together for over 10 years, married for a little over nine, in that time, we had Matt was very close to his grandparents. They were real integral in raising him. Um, when Molly was a little over a year old, I was supposed to go on a girls' trip. Um, my like first mom, like away. yeah, like yeah. yes, you know. Um, we were leaving on a Friday. That Wednesday, his grandmother died suddenly in an endoscopy, so I didn't get to go on that oh, girls' my. trip. Um, right after that, we moved his grandfather in with us and we were his caretakers until he passed away in 2018. Um, and so it took a long time to kind of get to where like, okay, we're like settled again, right. you know, and, and Molly was older. Um, in that time period, the group of girls that I would have gone with also all continued to have babies. And so there, it's finding that time of like, nobody's, <laughs> it's every, pregnant, nobody's, nobody's pregnant, nobody's nursing, everybody's okay to leave. And then guess what happened? Fucking COVID. <laughs> so like, I literally like March of 2020, we were all sitting at Bonefish Grill planning this girl's trip, no. ready to go. And then COVID hit. So it got delayed. So finally, um, a year later, we were like, let's have this girl's trip happen. So everybody's on board. Um, there were, let's see, four. There were seven of us, I think. Yeah, seven that went. We fly down to Sarasota, Florida. And we flew down on a Thursday. And we had the best time. Like, found some bar that was playing like the best of the 80s and 90s. You know, there's hilarious videos. It was pouring rain. It was freezing. And we were having the time of our lives. So that Saturday night and and the whole time, um, you know, Matt was taking care of Molly. Molly had a soccer tournament. I never missed a soccer tournament, but, you know, it was a local one. Like it was okay. Um, that Saturday night we were going to our last dinner together in Sarasota and, uh, I talked to Matt and he was frustrated cause they were playing up a year and the kids were getting their asses kicked. And he was like, listen, we're all just going to go have dinner together. Uh, Molly wants to spend the night with one of her, her teammates. Are you okay with that? And I was like, I'm fine with that. You guys just make the decision, whatever. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't talk to him after that. We went to the bars, hung out till a little after midnight. We're flying out the next day. So the next morning, we're I was kind of like waking up, you know, like yeah, a little hungover, um, but not bad. Like, you know, it's like the day before you leave. So you're not like, it's not your craziest night, but you're still hungover. Um, and my phone rang and it was an 865 number that I didn't recognize. And I was like, damn it, Matt, let Oscar get out. Like a neighbor's got the dog. That was my honest thought. And I answered and it was a sheriff's department. <sighs> And I knew something was off because I could hear my dog barking in the background. And they just kept, like, passing the f- – like, somebody didn't want to tell me what was going on. Were they like, are you Hannah? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they just said, I'm so sorry to tell you your husband's passed away. And that was kind of where everything else – like, the world, like, stopped at that point. Um my friend Molly was sitting next to me 
Um, and I think she went into the other bedroom and got uh, my other two girlfriends. Anyway, so long story short, um, Molly had gone home with her friends and all of the dads, the soccer dads, decided to go watch the Kentucky-Tennessee football game. And when it was over, Matt left and um, he was hit head on um, by another driver and um, he survived the accident. And um, the other driver was, from what I understand, like needed some extra assistance. And so um, extra rescue vehicles and stuff were called out. And whatever happened, happened. And the one of those vehicles um, rolled and hit him. And he was like sitting on the side of the road. And so that's what ultimately killed him. So it's like, God, that sucks, man. Like, how do you survive a head on accident and then you still die? Like, that's bullshit, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot to process. It was a lot. And it was one of those, I think people think that when these kind of events happen, I think what we imagine they look like based off of what we see like in media and television stuff is that it's a very clear like information process and it was so messy. And it was, oh, it was days of like the story shifting and changing and, you know, trying to piece together exactly what happened. Um, so that was really difficult just to to juggle, but you know, and you still have to fly home at this. Oh point. my gosh, I yes. So that. I will say this: my like, have you ever seen Sex in the City the movie? Yeah. When okay, and you know, like when when Big leaves Carrie, but they like all rally and they like, like get they shit done. The and, like, yeah. These girls like got shit done in a way that I just. It, it blows my mind. I remember sitting on this couch in this living room and they would never let me be by myself, but they were, they packed all my stuff. They arranged private cars so that we like didn't have to be in an Uber. They made sure that we could check out late. They arranged private car back from, you know, the, um, like the, airport. the airport back to my house. The funniest part. And like, it's one of those things where just so much crazy shit was happening. And now we've had a lot of conversations afterwards. I've asked my friend Mindy, I'm like, piece this together for me. Sure Cause it's real fuzzy out. for like, me. That's your body's natural yes. defense mechanism. Right. 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 Just, yes. So, um, <laughs> when we were in the airport in Sarasota, we were sitting, they were like trying to keep me away from like a lot of people. Yeah. Right. And it was the worst playlist for an airport I've ever heard. Like it was, um, (laughs) tears from heaven came on. And I remember looking at them. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So, um, you know, now we can laugh about that, but, um, they, it's such a testament, I think, to how women in particular, like good female friends really rally. I mean, by the time I even like touched down, my neighborhood had our meals covered through like February. It's just wild. Actually, one of like further down, one of the things I was going to talk about, but I just, and this is my outside perspective and just knowing stuff from Brittany, but the way your friends have rallied around you, like it, like look at my eyes. Oh, I know. Like that, like telling the story of Matt, does it make me cry? (laughs) But that makes me emotional. Because it's it's really incredible and it hasn't stopped. And I think that's like key. Like I think what God gets together, Ash. Um, <laughs> I think that people, you know, of course, right when like something happens, people are there for you. But it's like a month down the road or three yeah. months down the road when 
people move on, like just like no. they have their own lives. And I feel like they've continued to just be there and support you. And I think that's so amazing. Like, I feel like you have your own, like your family in. It's been huge. I'm kind of right about this the other night too, by the way, but like. Can somebody, can great. you be a good producer and get us some <laughs> tissues? <laughs> I'm not even a crier. Like, what's happening? I'm no. Like, um. Yeah, I just, it's been I, and like the things that they've thought about, yeah. like even taking Molly to like buy me Christmas presents, like the things he would yeah. do. Like, oh, that's amazing. I think that's that's what gets you through, right? Like, yeah, it's like when you know when life is hard, that is what gets you through. And I feel like it's like inspiring to me to hear those stories and a reminder. Like, I think I'm a good friend, but again, you know, you people get wrapped up, but they. You're never forgot. Like, like no, and like, I, I think we're always too. That. Like, we live in this awful time of like everybody sucks, you know, and everybody's selfish. And I think this was such an eye-opening experience to see that like everybody has these big hearts. Yeah, I don't feel like I know just being here when Brittany can't be there with you, and yeah. just knowing that you have that is is amazing. Yeah. And I wanted to just, I remember when she went to go visit you right after and I was like, can I bring like Pat dinner? Like, like <laughs> so there's somehow like, you know, I remember just, when you did that and we were like, the hell Pat's getting food out of this. <laughs> it was, I wouldn't be so good. I don't know. You know, it was just like, what do you do? Yeah. No, they're amazing. And they've literally held my hand through. There's so many parts of this that I didn't even consider. I mean, you know, like, and, you know, Mindy went with me to the funeral home to like pick up Matt's ashes, and we made like a day of it. You know, You're like supposed it's, to know, right? It's like how right. Do I navigate this. Yeah, I'm young. Like, yeah, this is just this is not what we're supposed. Well, to do. and then there was, you know, there was a lot of like meetings that had to take place just surrounding the circumstances, and um, you know, like I had people that held my hand yeah. through that, and even you know the Matt's guy friends that have just. Whether they've come and, you know, I've had guys that have come and, like, installed security cameras at my house or they make sure that, like, Molly has a dude helping her with a science project. Like, Gosh. that's so – and, like, even just this weekend, like, it's so cold. Yeah. My His friend Rocky went over and, like, winterized my house yeah. for me to make sure my pipes don't burst. <laughs> I love these people. Yeah. Like, I don't know them. I want to know them. I oh, they're them. such good people. Somebody, Brittany, telling me that somebody like at the beginning like moved her trash cans. Like that's Chad. That's Mindy's husband, and he's just like, yeah, Stephen's job. Yeah, those are things that I just. Oh god. Yeah, like it's that's like that's amazing. It's and you know the they still like text me and just check in. Um, you know, just make sure. Oh god, yeah, they're not going anywhere. So I feel like grief. Um, and it's different completely. I yeah, I lost my brother like when I was 16 years old, but I just always think what grief looks like speaking of like things yeah. that maybe are textbook or not is kind of wild and it's like oh it's so weird and there's like anger and there's sadness and i think given these this circumstances like how are you navigating that because it right it's like he did survive his car accident and then, yeah and then he passed away i there has to be just to me part of the process is to be mad and i think it's an easier emotion to be yeah mad. it's like who can i be mad at like yeah. how has this journey looked for you well i think I always envisioned grief and the only other experiences I'd had were with like grandparents mm -hmm. and this is so different. Yeah. Um, and I think sudden loss is also very different from like a loss of somebody who's really old or really sick and sure. you can. Time to say goodbye. Right. Like, and like you also have this sense of like it's better for them. Sure. Um, and that was not the situation by any means. Um 
So I think I saw it as something like that was linear and had like a beginning, middle, end. Um, and it's yeah. not. It is – it's something that is just always there. Yeah. I had to get very comfortable with the discomfort of knowing that it's always there, that I cannot avoid driving past where this accident happened. I'm always going to think about it every day when I pass it. Um, and that discomfort is just always going to be there with me. And it's kind of like, you know, you think about like the little angel and devil on your shoulders. It's kind of like that. It's just kind of always sitting there right. and it's like weird things will trigger those thoughts, but eventually you get to where you are more comfortable with it being there. And I think it's, you know, it goes from like, I, I remember looking at, um, at Mindy on the flight home and, um, she had lost her dad when she was in college and she looked at me and she was like, your life is going to be divided into two parts now. And you just need to know that. And she was like, it's going to be before Matt died and after Matt died. And it's two separate things. And it's so true. I, I like this Mindy. Uh, yes. You would love Mindy. <laughs> you and Mindy are actually very similar. <laughs> like um, and it's, it, it, um, it's very true. You know, um, I think I could have spent a lot of time and energy being pissed about what I'm missing out on. Sure. But that was, you know, that was a stamp on the end of one part yeah. of my life. But my life goes on. It does. And I, I, so one thing I did, and again, I, it's, it's not, I'm not, of course, not comparing anything. Everybody losing somebody is just, it's just different. It's different. Yeah. But I avoid, again, I was only 16 and it was a brother, but I just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. To avoid it. But you, you can't do that. You have a daughter. And like, you right. need to like his presence in him, right? Doesn't yeah. need to be part of yeah. day to day. Like, it, yeah, he's, he's always there. Like, I'm not going to like take down, like I didn't, I did renovate a lot of our house. Sure. Um, that was one Which thing that, thank you. Um, and I, I, that brought me a lot of joy to, to do that. Again, it was something to conquer. Um, and <laughs> something I probably distracted myself with, but hey, it worked. Um, but once the walls were painted and it's like, I'm not going to take down the pictures of Matt. He's still in our house. Like I still wear my wedding rings. Like yeah. this is still who I am. I did notice that. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I just, that's just, a, just where you, it's only been a year too. Yeah. Years. Like I don't, you don't want to take it off. I don't want to take it. They're pretty too. You're like, beautiful. like <laughs> why would I not <laughs> want to wear that? Right. Like yeah. that would feel weird. So, you know, um, so, and again, it's still new. And I feel like if we, we could do the same thing a year from now, I hope I'm still podcasting a year from now and it might even look different, but I mean, gosh, you're navigating your own grief, yeah, your daughter's grief, your solo parenting, which just, I don't know. My like hats off to you. Like that sounds hot. That shit's hard. I like shout out to all hard. the other single parents and, you know, like, true single, I mean, not, I'm not trying to like put myself on a pedestal by any means, like parenting, whether there's 10 of you or one of you is fucking hard. It is hard. And, but I will say the thing that struck me like halfway through this process, I was like, I don't ever get a break. Like there's never a break. There is never looking at somebody else and saying, can you take her for a minute? Yeah. Like, like it's always I'm me. Take a bath and chill. Can you right? Can you do dinner. Right. Like, like no yeah. No. Mm -mm. And there's no like. Oh, we're divorced, so I get every other weekend off. Like there is. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, do not recommend. Um, I feel like that. I feel exhausted. Just like like that sounds. So it's a lot. And Molly's. I mean, I love my child dearly. She's a lot. I mean. 
Yeah. She's a lot. Okay. That yeah. just, it sounds like a lot. Yeah. But again, Super active, fun. Active, active. School and sports. And yes. Like and that was never going to be something I was willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Like she, her life was going to need to go on. So what do you do? Do you take, are you taking time for yourself? Do you get a sitter and go out? Do you? So it, this could be like, again, like whole other podcast. Yeah. One of the things that Matt was really, really good at was planning, financially planning. Um, you know, he was, he always thought ahead. And so he put us in a position where, you know, we would be more secure. Um, and that was good. Yeah. Um, so I am able to not feel the pressure to like work all the time and like, how am I going to put a roof over? Right. Like yeah. the fact that I didn't have to worry about that was huge. Um, and I, it allowed me to focus on her. So, you know, yes, highly recommend everybody. If you're married and you have kids, like you need to have real solid wills, you know, oh. you'd have real solid life insurance because shit happens that you can't predict. Like, I think we all think about what if we got cancer, but like, that's not <laughs> the likelihood yeah, of that yeah. was a fluke accident. I, yeah. And it was like a quarter mile from our house. So it's not like he was, you know, far away. Um, so I think you need to, everybody needs to plan for those unexpected events. Um, and you know, even like what that is used for is probably not even what people think it's used for. It's like, I don't, I don't know how to like fix the HVAC when it doesn't work. Being a homeowner without, and I, I feel like a strong independent yeah. woman, but like, again, those, the pipes, even just, uh, do that, don't know how to do it. I don't know yeah. how to do that. I didn't know where my air filter was. It didn't get changed for a year. Well, <laughs> and I have four animals. Do you have any idea what that looked like? <laughs> like I do feel like I'm doing 80% of the stuff, but that 20%, I don't know what it is or what that looks like. Like, yeah. it's on, you know? Like, reality, if the situation, oops, sorry, if the situation had been reversed, like, nobody would ever get a birthday card. Like right. no so reading log like would ever get signed. <laughs> um, no, t good Lord, no teachers ever getting a teacher appreciation yeah. gift, but like the house and the car would be taken care of. God knows what they would have eaten without <laughs> me. But, um, oh. you know, you, I think we, especially as moms, we do, we take on a lot, but sure. we also tend to think that we're doing it all. And we're really not like, there's a lot that the dads are doing. It's just a little bit more quiet than I think what no, we're like doing. You just said that because sometimes I need that reminder. Yeah. You know, they are. They certainly are. Yeah. A lot of the things, you know, and I do feel like Steve and I are such a good pair and it, you can't help but think when something tragic happens, it's right. like, what would I do or what, how, you know, what would that look like for me? Well, and I think the real wild thing about it is when something like this happens, your partner is generally the person you would turn to, to get you through it. And when that is the person that's gone, that's real weird. Oh, that gave me a chill. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that has been very strange. I feel like you kind of mentioned this, but like, do you still have moments? Cause you seemingly just are to, doing well. I don't even know what that means. I think we're doing as well as you can be right? in this situation. Yeah. Like I'm proud of us I feel and proud. I'm not ashamed to be like, we're fucking kicking ass, you know, like we're doing a really good job. Yeah. You have like a moment where you're like, oh shit, I'm falling apart today. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'd be weird, I guess, if you didn't say that. And I like the honesty. Yeah. No, it's, and you know, there are some days that are just way harder yeah. than others. 
for different reasons. Um, not even like holidays. It's more like random. Like I, our like anniversary. Tuesday night or uh, yeah, like okay. our anniversary was hard. Okay. When was that? That when you went to Paris? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love that you did that though. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was hard because it was like it felt weird. Like he should be here. I do still feel married to this person. And that was such a, like to make it to 10 years. I think that's the milestone. Yeah. That's like a, that was, I think the, the saddest thing in all of this is when you are in this season of life with young kids, it's hard. And a lot of marriages don't make it. And I think we worked so hard to, push through and keep your marriage strong. Yeah. And there was so much effort put into that and to have that taken away because you have this promise of like, once the kids are older, we can can go do these things. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. And that's been the biggest thing for me to have to grieve is like, that's gone. Holy moly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but you know, the flip side of that is I have this ability now and this position to be able to tell my friends, like, like don't sweat the bullshit at yeah. this age, you know, with your kids and, like, the rush and, you know, the hard stuff. Take those trips together, even if it is difficult right now. You know, do the things that are a little stressful um, because that, that promise of in 10 years isn't Tomorrow really of- there. We want to believe that it is, but it's not. Yeah, that's like such a message though. You know, I feel like that's such a powerful, powerful message. Well, and I think that's why like I am so passionate now with Molly to do these things. Like even if it is just the two of us, the hell with it. We're going, man. <laughs> I felt like I was living by for your trip. I love that you did that. You're like, this is sad. And I'm it's okay to be sad. Yeah. Like that's first and foremost to me. Like it's okay yeah. to have a day, to have a week, whatever, you know, to be sad. But you're like, we're going to go, we're going to do, yeah. we're going to keep being us. And yeah. What an experience. It was so fun. And we really enjoy those times. I loved the photo shoot. I loved, oh, yeah. I loved everything about it. I was obsessed. We were like looking at your stories one day together. Like, we're like look at this. Like, it was so it. fun. And, you know, Molly's definitely still at an age where like, there's a mild level of appreciation for that, but it's really not there. Like we went to that Paris St. Germain um, soccer game and like Mbappe and Messi are playing on the same team. And like the two dudes that played in the world cup final soccer soccer, and and she like loved it and appreciated it, but it'll be 10, 15 years before she really is like, Holy crap. I can't believe my mom took me to do that. But I think that's okay. as yeah. long as you know that, right? Yeah. So we, I, I've actually never been to Europe and we're going to take our, I can't wait to go and take the kids. And I'm like, I know that they might be bored in the museum here yeah. or there or touring, whatever, but they're going to love that they did it. And they're going to have that experience. Yeah. And I'm just going to drag them along for the ride. It's crazy. <laughs> and I think, you know, because I am so like, I do like control travel is one of the best things for my person, for my sickness, <laughs> because there's a lot that's totally, that is totally out of my control. Like I can't control if the weather sucks or the airlines lose my luggage. I, cause you know, we're such worst case scenario people. So I, as much as I can try and plan for all that, there's a lot that's just, that you know, wrong, it's right? a lot and a lot does go wrong. So that just this. happens. Yeah. And it's, it's good for you to experience that. I think that is the one thing, you know, going back to like what we started our conversation with in terms of like confidence, I, I'm like, we're circling back, <laughs> circle back. Um, 
I think all of this and having my world like totally turned upside down and I've become more confident because I'm okay being really uncomfortable. Did you, are, okay. Are you in therapy? Are you learning? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Amazing. Yeah. Another like, <laughs> yeah. PSA people. If you have any trauma, your ass needs to be in therapy. <laughs> I actually wish like your yearly physical, like your, yeah. your health insurance plan also gave you like a credit. Like everyone needs to check in. Yeah. We need to check in on our mental health yes. too. Whether trauma, no trauma, get your butt to therapy. Yeah. Good. My child's been in therapy since she was five. She will be in therapy until she is 18 and off of my payroll. I, I mean, she, and yeah. I will continue to be in it, whether things are good or not, because you can't predict what negative might be coming. So it's good to be established with somebody who knows your story, knows your situation. Do you ever go, like I've been on a day where I'm like, I almost wanted to cancel because I feel good. Or, sure. Okay. And I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Like, but shoot. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to pay. It's like too late. I'm right. Like, right. Like, <laughs> so I, mean, I get about... there and I'm like, I don't even know where this is headed. And it's the best. Yeah. Ones. All the time. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. And I think that's the quality of a good therapist though, is when they can tease those things out of you. Um, and I love my therapist. She's wonderful and she's very trauma trained. Um, but she, her whole focus has been on like finding hope for me and like being able to see that. And, um, I think the danger in my situation is wanting to look back and wanting to be sad and mad. This is um, for trip to do his flashcards. Stand by. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Timer off. It's all right. My reminder still going off on my phone to sign my kid's oh, reading log. Didn't do it. Okay. Yeah. So no, you're good. Yeah, like it doesn't stop. So yeah, it's holiday, so we don't have to worry about that. But um, so anywho, um, you said like a lot of golden pieces, though. I think I like this therapist. I like the thing about the linear because that is, I I think that's how you want to think of it. Yeah, we're gonna start here, and then this is when it's gonna end, and I'm gonna be better, or things are gonna. But there's always gonna be some event too that you know, like forever, that's going to be triggering for and I hate that word. I hate the word trigger. It's so overused, but that's really the right word for it. Sure. But when, you know, when Molly graduates from high school, when she gets married, when she has a baby. Oh, the marriage. Ooh, that just gave me like a Yeah, that sucks, right? But I also see like this army of men that love her dad. Wrestling each other. Right. <laughs> like there's gonna be like 15 dudes trying to give her away, right? So um, you know, there's We'll, we'll get through all of that. And I know one thing that I can say, and again, everyone is different, but no matter what trauma you go through, time does mm-hmm. make it, I don't know if better is the right word, but it's easier. And the emotions change. Like, sure. It's still always going to be there. It's just, I can talk about, it took me a hell of a long time to be able to talk about things, but so I feel so, again, we're doing this like, yeah. like I feel so proud of you. I can't, like I had no clue if we're going to be able to talk about this. No, and I think it's very like, I remember looking at the girls and being like, am I ever going to feel happy again? And you do. You do. Or you're like, oh, look at me. I'm laughing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, a friend of mine that had, had been through, he had lost his wife. And he, he told me, um, when you get to a place where you can look at the pictures and you can laugh and not cry. <sighs> that's a big milestone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I can appreciate, like, Matt was really silly. He was the fun parent. I was the serious parent. So you, I you can't have both, right? We gotta now. Have well, and that is the challenging of challenge part of of the solo parenting thing. It's like now I have to be both. 
because Molly so can't live a life. Zone too, that's right. Like, she yeah. can't live a life of just like rigor and, right. you know, like sometimes we need to be stupid. Um, and he brought a lot of that balance. Like when we would travel, he was always the the funny one. But look at you being cognizant of that and like yeah. to make sure I implement yes. that or allow myself to be silly and maybe not so regimented sometimes yeah. or not so strict, you know, just give up something. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. And what a perspective now that you have too, it's just like not everything's a big deal. No, it's like, you not. You know what a big deal is now. Right. Like this is silly stuff. And yeah. It's not bad. You just kind of laugh stuff off. I really feel like we have to have a part two. Like, oh, yeah. there's so many things I wanted to keep going on, but I never know if people are still listening. Are they like, oh my God, this is so long? Or no, everyone's still listening, pretty sure. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I, you know, the one thing I've learned and I, what I love about you doing this podcast is the reality is everybody's is going through something. I've not come across somebody that hasn't had something happen in their life, whether it's with them directly or a family member or a friend or a child or whatever. Um, and the more we talk about that, I think there's a really good book that Oprah was a part of called what happened to you. And it's a lot about trauma. Um, and the whole point of it is when we start to have these discussions, if we understand where people are coming from, we become such better and more empathetic individuals. Yes. Because if you can understand what has happened to somebody and that directs your view of them as opposed to what's wrong with you, if you ask what happened to you and you can understand well, that's why probably why you act are. that way. And I love that you just said that. That's like, I feel like that's who I like. Who yeah. I am. And one thing that I really like about myself is like, yes, sometimes I find someone to be annoying or do something, but I'm like, I get why they're doing that. Or, right. Or, or you know what I'm right. trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> like, it makes sense once you know what's going it's on. Like, and, and you have so much more grace for people yes. in that space. And I think that's so important because I literally everybody I know is struggling with something. There's not one person that's immune from that. And if you think that you are, then it's coming. I hate to tell you. Like, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but at some point you're going to deal with something. Yes. Um, and so you might as well, you know, give that to other people now so that it's given to you in return when that time comes. I love that. Wow. What a way. I think we have that <laughs> up there. This, I feel like I want like a t-shirt made. Like this, there's so many little golden nuggets here. I love it. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Oh, me. I really enjoyed All it. Away from Knoxville, Tennessee. Yes, yes. Um, can we do this again? Sometime? I would love it. Right? I feel like we could keep going. We'll yeah, there's so many more things to talk about. <laughs> so that's like we could just do it all night. I mean, we could do something totally more lighthearted too. But this was good. I feel like yeah. we had a good balance. I mean, we talked about bodybuilding, and then we just wrapped it up with like we like went. Serious. This was yeah, roll all over the place. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. That's kind of how my brain works. So, all right. This is my first podcast back in a while. So it's been a minute. I found a little rusty, but Hannah was like a professional here. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank um, you. Thanks for staying tuned. Uh, there'll be more to come. Thanks, y'all.